ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you today? <coughs> Apparently having a coughing fit. <laughs> wow. Came out of is, nowhere. That is the best intro we've ever done. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Um, Alive, I'm hoping. Sort of. Sort of. A little. Mostly. Okay. He's only mostly dead. No, no, mostly alive. I'm only partially dead inside. <laughs> Most, mostly void, partially stars. So, well, I'm glad you're alive to be with us after that. So that's yeah. you know, consummate professionalism, right there. Yes, that's always. We are saving the, the cough well, until after we start recording. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, got to save them. Uh, them talking points like yeah coughing yeah. And like mike dying maybe i'll fart later Ooh, everybody <laughs> stay tuned that could be coming up <laughs> and we also have mr no, david I'll, what I'll, I'll save that for the premium content Ooh, patreon bonus content <laughs> the fart tapes i'm already ready to end this podcast all right mr david gonna Davis. say i'm already rock hard yeah i have no no <laughs> No. We also have Mr. David Davis. David, how are you today? I am doing well. It is Friday the 13th, so remember to leave your campers out by the lake. Yeah. For for Jason. Yep. Don't forget to leave your hockey mask hanging on the tree and leave out, um, I don't know, I guess some beans for him. (laughs) Yeah, he seems like he would eat beans. Yeah. No, just straight up like beanie weenie out of the can. Him and Mothman should get together and have a party. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So... Uh, let's see what we got at the top of the show. First off, we have a new patron, same as the old patron, the return of King of the Podcast, David Holyfield is our new patron. And, uh, thank you, David, and thank you, Holly, for being our two patrons. Uh, if you would like to join us, we have got some new content on the way. Head over to supernatpod.rocks, click the Patreon link, or uh, head to patreon.com slash, I think it's supernatpod. It was a new patron, same as the old patron. (laughs) Won't be fooled again. And uh, yeah, we also have no new reviews on Apple Podcasts, but I don't think people are really using Apple Podcasts as much as they used to. Mm, Yeah, and and I, I feel like people don't like review these things as much anymore either. Unless you're pissed off at us. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, uh, yeah, I guess that means we need to give them a reason to be pissed off. And this week, we're going to be talking about the concept of phantom black dogs. I have just the joke that's going to set off like half the population, so we're good. Oh, good. Perfect. I'm I'm literally glad. (laughs) So, uh, sources this week. Uh, On mine, David, you added some research yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, My sources are unexplained, strange sightings, incredible occurrences, and puzzling physical phenomena, third edition by Jerome Clark. Jerome Clark. English is a good language. Published in 2013. This is, of course, uh, the third edition of what I consider my paranormal Bible. So, uh, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a cool thing. Uh, I also actually used the Wikipedia article on the black dog folklore. Uh, we're also using Britain's black dog legend from David Castle, yeah, DavidCastleton.net, and Devil Dogs: The Mysterious Black Dogs of England from ModernFarmer.com. 
Uh, there will be links to all this in the show note document. So, you know, you can find that in the description or on our website. <clears throat> now, before I really launch into this topic, I want to I really want to broach the subject of a book that I got on Kindle about this, thinking, hey, you know, I've got unexplained. I can look up stuff online. I want to get a book, like a whole <laughs> damn book about this. I'm not going to say the name of the book because nobody in their right mind is going to buy this. But uh, if you're writing a book on, say, Phantom Black Dogs, maybe in each chapter don't say, in the next chapter we're going to discuss it. And then in the next chapter you say, in the next chapter we're going to discuss it. And then in the last (coughs) chapter you don't discuss it. Okay. I got a book about Phantom Black Dogs that doesn't talk about Phantom Black Dogs. So, uh, please, don't be a dick. (laughs) Well, speaking of dicks, it's like naming your book after a whale and not having him show up until 130 chapters in. Ooh, that's a burn. Well, (laughs) you know. It's a deep literary burn there. I I do love that book. Don't get me wrong. I I, I read it like once a year, but yeah, it takes like 130 chapters for the fucking whale to actually show up. Well, that's how you do a horror movie, isn't it? That's that's just the buildup. That's fair. Yeah. Good buildup. Yeah. (laughs) So. So he just kept kicking that can down the road, huh? And then he lost the can. (laughs) And someone took the can and replaced it with like an acorn. Maybe it was a black dog that took it. Ooh, I I wish. So, (laughs) obviously, this week we're going to talk about Phantom Black Dogs. So, uh, guys, what do you know about Phantom Black Dogs? Um, Well, their coloring. (laughs) Okay. Their their genus. Yes. And um, their... That they don't exist. (laughs) <laughs> that is very on I was brand. mostly going on the phantom part yeah you know. okay fair I, I was oh. going to say that's very on brand for you but I, I was going to say they sound like a mercenary group from a Metal Gear game that's true or like uh, <laughs> yeah no it's like uh, Metal Gear the Phantom Black Dog <laughs> so the Phantom Black Dog's origins are sort of lost to the sands of time it's probably one of those, you know, time immemorial things. It's just it, been, the, it's a concept that's been around for so long. It, you know, it is. It probably and has to do, you know, with like wolves when you're huddling around the campfire. Oh, and they're howling. Werewolves in, the in London. Yes. You're mm-hmm. scared because, you know. Is a wolf. You're a cave person. Yeah. Well, I'm a cave person. Well, episode's that. done. Good job, everyone. <laughs> yep. That's it. We're, all right. <laughs> Yep. No, what we do know is that the lore seems to originate from the UK. There is some debate on whether it came from the Scandinavian or French settlers, uh, conquerors, whatever. Because, you know, the UK has been conquered a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but England specifically, nearly every county in England has a legend of a black dog or black dogs. And a bulk of the cases this week that we're going to talk about are from England, with the rest coming from the American South and the East Coast. So did the dogs fight in the Revolutionary War as well? You know, that's very possible. I I could see that. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of questions about that, and uh, I kind of feel like this sort of thing is honestly going to go all the way back to early mankind, but... 
The black dogs are often referred to as uh, guardians of the threshold due to their nature. They tend to be found along ley lines, rivers, roads, or places associated with death, such as gallows and churches and graveyards. Or like that, that bump in the road or over there where June, June bug like threw up I, that one time. Okay, I realize <laughs> that it does sound like uh, any, they're associated with any anything, other. but they've been sighted around fairy mounds as well. I'm not helping my case. <laughs> so basically anywhere that could be seen as a border between one place and the next, whether it's which, the afterlife... Which, Tiernanog, the next county, whatever it is, well, you can so, usually find a black dog. So, so, so people like to compartmentalize. So we can put borders around anything. Yes, but like, um, like I saw that black dog between my neighbor's property and the next property. Well, well, that that I think what Kevin's getting at here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's more about like transitional like liminal states where yes, it's, the term there's some sort of emotional states. or psychological or magical sort of association. Yeah, for the most part, except for the whole, you know, border of the county thing. Um, uh, well, actually, it, it could be it. Like, if you take, like, Civil War states. Sure. Like, sure. Uh, places where there there could be a lot of death. Just, yeah. just spitball on here. Yeah. Again, you know, liminal. That's, yeah, but, I, that's but, the word I forget to use. But the problem is, most of those things are just man-made. Sure, but... So it's the, things, the phenomenon. They're only things we give, we give uh, importance to. Well, yes. well, houses are man-made, and they still get haunted. Well, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm just saying that if it's well, if it's important to us, why would it be important to a something that we don't understand? Because other than we assign it that importance, this is getting into the whole relationship between humanity and the phenomenon, and I feel like we do need to go into that again at some point. Mm. But uh, we'll we'll put that off for another day. Uh, Look, my my podcasting juice is pretty low, so I'm going to be very opinionated about this. Well, you need to get some more <laughs> podcast juice. I no, think. I, it's I one don't of think those I need more episodes. <clears throat> it's going to be an episode where I'm like, yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, probably. Now, here's here's a question that I'm sure both of you are asking. What makes a phantom black dog different from just seeing your neighbor's great dane? Uh, Because it was dark and you you thought it was black. Now, first off, actually, Mike, there's the size of the thing. Which which is very fungible, but go ahead. I know there are big dog breeds like Mastiffs and, like I said, Great Danes. But then there's also that shirt brand, Big Dogs, as well. We have to take that into account. Well, what about Big Johnson? <laughs> Remember, I know I was in high school, like, everyone thought having a Big Johnson shirt was, like, the peak of fucking, you know, sly humor. Now, how many Remember decades that, ago was that? I, I that was a lot of decades for us. That was, that was before your time. That was, probably. like, 30 years ago, Mike. <laughs> and yeah. I, somebody Big came in the store. Because that's yeah. old for me. <laughs> Look, somebody somebody came in the store wearing one of those, and I was like, oh, my God, that, that should be in a museum. We need yeah, to bring him back and just make him no. ridiculously offensive. Oh, he already was, but still. Oh, fantastic. Now, <clears throat> I know there's big dogs, like I said, like the Mastiff <laughs> and the Great Dane, mm-hmm. but we're talking about a dog the size of a cow or a pony sometimes. 
something so exceedingly huge that it leaves the realm of normal human experience. A vast majority talk about a dog of an indeterminate breed the size of a calf. Well, that sounds like more belly to scratch to me. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. But but you don't know that size. You, you Unless you're within, like, touching distance of this phantom black dog. Oh, oh people are going to get really... touched. People are going to get touched. We'll, we'll oh, get there. Yeah. yeah. Now... Second are the eyes. Now, we're all familiar with animals having very reflective eyes at night. Mm-hmm. Now, the BPD, which I know sounds like a bureau, but the Phantom Black Dog's eyes glow with, they always say, an inner fire, often you mean red. The, the, the PBDs? What did I say? BPD. Damn it. <laughs> probably thinking about uh, peanut butter. No, no, you're... No, you're thinking of the uh, Boston Police Department. Oh, you're right. Well, the PBDs, sorry, the Phantom Black Dogs, their eyes glow with an inner fire, red, orange, or yellow. Now, now are you both dyslexic because Mike just said the Boston PD is PBD? No, I said BPD would be Boston Police Department. But then I, but then I, but I said back, but it's, but it was PBD was what he's right. supposed to say. Okay, you'll, you'll hear it, and then you'll kick yourself. I feel like this <laughs> is chaos. Look, but look I've had wrong. I have an excuse. I'm tired and just took something that makes me dizzy for the, the infection, so that's my excuse. But... Woo! The eyes of the animal are always commented on, even if there is no light source. Well, if there's no light source, they couldn't see the dog. We're about to get to that in a minute. There's, there's always a light source. Third, you're seen, they seem to have an intelligence that goes beyond your typical canine. They have a territory they stick to. They Dogs do that. They stare at you with a look that seems to convey more than just a dog looking at an intruder. The dogs do that. Ruff, ruff, got any treats? <laughs> I, you know, nobody's ever tried to give the dog a treat. <laughs> they should. Yeah, they should. If you run into a phantom black dog, have a milk bone with you. <laughs> so, fourth, they're ethereal. I can't tell you how many of these reports I've seen of people trying to hit a PBD with a stick and it just passes through it like a ghost. And when they reach the edge of the area they're guarding or haunt, they just vanish. Have well, you ever uh, tried to hit a dog? Yeah. They're, they're pretty They're pretty wily. I've hit well, a dog. Well, it, it doesn't help that they're violating the fundamental dogma by not throwing the stick to dogma. play fetch. So no wonder it doesn't work. Dogma. You did say dogma. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I've got a couple on? of these in there. Oh, good, good. good. I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad. We've got jokes on top of jokes. <laughs> uh, yo, yo, I'll put a joke in your joke so you can joke while you joke. How old's that <laughs> reference? It was, I was in high school when that was going on. Holy so. God. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Somebody give me my Geritol again. <laughs> and lastly, this is a question I know you're both thinking. Or Mike just nope. asked. <laughs> They're visible in pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> the nighttime reports always say that no matter how dark the night is, 
The dog is always blacker. It seems so, to be a hole in the <coughs> night itself. I don't think times. these people are stumbling around in the absolute pitch black, not being able to see anything. Depends on when. <coughs> yeah, that, that's why I was, that's what was my point earlier, is that it's not completely pitch black. Otherwise, these people are sure. not like moving around. I, I'm having They're a just, wonderful time right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am ready to pull my hair out. No. Uh, so the dogs known to have different behaviors, and we'll go into specific stories in a bit. But there are some—they are sometimes seen as guards that frighten away people or attack them uh, to keep them away from specific location. Guides that will keep people from taking the wrong path, or omens of coming doom. And in those cases, I'm like, how do they know? How do they know they took—they didn't take the wrong path? Well, they lived. So, what if they were supposed to die? Well, the dog kept it from happening. Or revisionist history. <laughs> David, you got to chime in on this? Nope, nope. I'm just enjoying myself here. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, actually, um, yeah, like, uh, it sounds like, to me, it's like spooky dooky versions of dog behaviors. Like, it, like with a lot of cryptids, I always find that there are cryptids that are basic animals running at 200%, and I find it fascinating. Yeah, okay, no, I, I fully get that. But I am going to ask y'all to open your minds a little. Oh, my mind's already open. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, yours is gaping. Mike, <laughs> on the other hand, has a titan sphincter of a mind. Hey, look, I'm... <laughs> I have rum in me. I my okay. mind's as open as possible. Okay, that's fair. But 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 he can handle about two you know, fingers deep. I don't, I don't okay. think you're going to convince me that there's such a thing as you know spirit dogs that are like <laughs> just sure but, have your best interest at heart. Sure, but roll with it. <laughs> so the black dog is known by many names. From different areas. Now, some of these are, and I love all of these. Harry Jack, Padfoot, Scriker. Sure. Is, is that like from the next generation of Star Trek? No, no, no. That's a. Uh, it's it's from Lord of the Rings. Churchyard Beast, Shug Monkey. That's a completely different thing, I think. Capelweight. The Modi do or Mouthy Doog. Dugs, Dugs, you like Dugs? You like Dugs? Hateful thing. See, if these things, that's the thing, is that these people are saying they're good, but then they got these names like well, a Hateful lot of them Thing. Aren't, but you said a lot of them, but everything you've said so far sure. has shown them as in a good light. Swooning Shadow. The Bogey Beast. And Guy Trash. <laughs> There's a couple of specifically named ones, but I'll get going into those a little bit later. Tag yourself, guys. I'm Guy Trash. Oh, dude, I am so the bogey beast. Uh, <laughs> I guess I could be Shug Monkey. Oh, know. yeah, you were totally Shug Monkey. I love that. Um, Excuse me. Now, now, this is where I'm going to jump in a little bit. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, Kevin and I tag team these things sometimes. So, um, yeah. 
I do want to come in and add a couple things, if I may. Uh, I'm pulling from an article titled The Black Dog Origins and Symbolic Characteristics of the Spectral Canine from the journal Cultural Analysis, published in September of 2020. You um, and your literary references. <laughs> this is from uh, this is from uh, author Adam Zmarzlinski. Zmarlinski, maybe. Let's let's go with that. Zmarlinski. Yeah. Zmarlinski. Okay. So um, <clears throat> this is some stuff that I'm kind of pulling from the uh, the essay. But uh, mythologically speaking, we should probably also mention figures such as Anubis, Cerberus, <coughs> and Fenrir. Um, and I right. am using like jackals and wolves interchangeably here uh, a bit, but for our purposes, they are black dogs that signify doom or serve as guardians of the threshold. And these things are in a lot of cultures. So, well, oh, yeah, no, go so, ahead. So, so what do we remember about like Anubis, Cerberus, and Fenrir? Well, they're well, Anubis is a jackal headed, a black jackal headed uh, man from uh, mm-hmm. mythology. He was the guardian of the uh, way to the underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cerberus was a giant multi headed black dog that was a guardian of the, the underworld. <laughs> and Fenrir, I thought Fenrir was going to eat the sun, uh, which, you know, creates like an eternal night. Sure. Which is also uh, part of a passage to the underworld, and it's a form of transition through Ragnarok and that sort of thing. So there's definitely a pattern here. Right. Like, there's a cultural pattern. Um, There's also this connection to trickster... Dogs death. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, There's also this connection to trickster entities as well, which we'll see in some of the stories that you're going to mention later, later, Kevin. Um, The author of the text I'm working from here mentions how common symbolic nature of the black dog is in literature and psychology. So I'm just going to quote him right here. Quote, the black dog is a folktale staple drenched with folklore, hence it is only appropriate to adhere to the popular retellings. Uh, All theoretical works, such as Gerald Franks' Loki's Mythological Functions in the Tripartite System, Michael Haas's Nietzsche and uh, Freud, Questions of Life and Death, or Marino Warner's Once Upon a Time are all meant to enhance and illuminate the ancient symbolism of Cerberus and Fenrir, and also provide a thematic mirror to that of the black dog reflecting its past and the present while forecasting its future. The works of Freud, The Uncanny, or Civilization and Its Discontent, or Jung, Man and His Symbols, or Modern Man in Search of a Soul, are meant to enrich the connection between the dog's symbolism and the trickster archetype in the age of cultural chaos. So, I know that's kind of dense. It's mentioning a bunch of stuff, but there has been a lot that has been written about the kind of mythological implications of black dogs as a culture and the fact that it's popping up independently in all of these different civilizations is absolutely fascinating. And I'm glad you mentioned Jung in there because, uh, you know, this this all kind of goes back to the idea of an archetype. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, while figures such as, like, Fenrir and the Jackal are not exactly the black dog that we're kind of discussing here in this episode, I think it bears mention because the associations to the black dogs, like, there's almost a cultural memory thing going on here. Right. So, it, like you know, Trickster Coyote in the uh, mm-hmm. Native American myths. Yeah, and you know, and it comes up with what uh, uh, Mike was talking about earlier. Um, so yeah, I think that one can make a reasonable argument that we are wired to be uneasy around black dogs as they evoke predation from our you know early hominid days. And even if we've tamed dogs to a large degree, the trickster element may be this kind of like doubt or suspect of our mastery over nature. 
So right. that, that's some of the symbolism that I'm, I'm seeing associated with that dog. And that paper goes a long way to talk about a lot of this. Good. I'm glad you brought this up. This is a whole aspect I thought about mentioning and just did not get around to. And uh, yeah, it, it really is something in our uh, minds. Like, I don't know. It's like, yes, we have tame dog, but, you know, I've been chased by a lot of dogs. Yeah, I've had my bad experience with dogs. I love dogs, don't get me wrong, sure. but like I've had moments where like dogs have scared the shit out of me. All right, yeah. So, let's talk about some tales of the black dogs. Excellent. Mike, you ready? Okie dokie. All right, like I said, a lot of these are from the UK, and let me tell you, there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Some are more famous than others. To quote the Wikipedia article, <clears throat> and I quote, on Dartmoor in southern Devon, the notorious squire Richard Cabell was said to have been a huntsman who sold his soul to the devil. When he died in 1677, black hounds are said to have appeared around his burial chamber. The ghostly huntsman is said to ride with black dogs. His tale inspired Arthur Conan Doyle to write his well-known story, The Hound of the Baskervilles. Now, I want to know what made Richard Cable so notorious as a squire. Did it, was it because he sold his soul, or was he already a guy with a reputation? Actually, let me tell you, he was a rapist, a murderer, Fuck. and possibly a cannibal. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, and then he <laughs> sold his soul to that. the devil. Yeah, always do your background research, boys. <laughs> he, he's always trying to one-up himself there. Yeah, no, pretty much. It's like, what can I do that's worse? Well, it's rare for me to be genuinely shocked. But, like, that one really got me. <laughs> you yeah, bring no, up the cannibal rapist, I'm like, just, Jesus. Cannibal murdering rapist, yeah, there you well, go. Well, I, I think cannibalism involves murdering as well most of the time. I don't so know, I what, you just find them. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I, I just think Ooh, the murdering here is redundant. Uh, of the three, I think that, yeah, oh, okay, anyway. Yeah. Mike, what do you think about that? <laughs> uh... Murdering cannibal race, rapist. He's probably racist too. Dogs. Yeah, no, do- totally, totally. He is British. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Another famous story, though, and I think all of us here know this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of blues musician Robert Johnson oh, who yeah. made a deal with the devil <clears throat> and his black dog at a crossroads here in Mississippi for his talent as a blues guitarist. In fact, he said in one of his songs, I have to keep on moving. There's a hellhound on my trail. So, so yeah, I've done a weird amount of reading on Robert Johnson, and I think he deserves an episode of his own. You know, if we do that, we also need to bring up Tommy Johnson, who had the same story and is no relation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I also heard about him quite a bit from my interest in music, but he's also like a fundamental component to the book Reservation Blues. Have you ever read that book? I have not. Excellent book, but it really tuned me into some of his more supernatural aspects of his career. And yes, I went for the pun there. Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. Mm-hmm. So where was the crossroads? Let's go there and you know make our what? own deal. Here's the thing. I don't know where it is, but I want to say it's on the Mississippi Blues Trail. There's a marker. Of course there is. Of course there is. So, uh, now those are two of the more interesting just ones there, but we're going to talk about the big one. 
This is a story I've known actually for quite some time, and it's the story of East Anglia's old shuck. Oh, oh. shucks. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> and, or black shuck, depending on who you talk to. But this is going to get real specific here. It was August 4th, 1577. Let's uh, start that one over. On August 4th, 1577, in the town of Bungay, outside of Norwich. Bungay? Really? Britain is not a real place. I swear to God. A church- I, I don't believe in Britain at all. I don't either. I have a feeling it's British just people like, don't exist. They're all just yeah, muppets. Yeah, no. It's, it's all a clever ruse from the Jim Henson creature shop. Britain? No, no. Too silly. Too silly. A church service was going on in Bungay. And a violent storm was raging, and the parishioners were more than happy to be inside the house of God and safe. Suddenly, the door to the church bursts open, and standing in the doorway was a massive black dog with bristles like a boar in the size of a calf. What's its bristles? Were they as big as a calf? No, no, he was as big as a calf. Okay. Yes. Its eyes were glowing like embers from the pit of hell. Everyone looked on in confusion and not a little fear until the beast ran down the aisle and proceeded to kill two people, including a young boy. Mm. The onlookers were terrified by the demon dog and couldn't do anything because of fear until it ran back out into the storm. Now... I'm just seeing this meme in my head of the two, you know, the two, like, huge arms are meeting together. Their hands are clasped. Yes. Right? One bicep reads black dogs. The other reads pit bulls. And then in the middle where they meet, it's mauling children. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we have anything against pit bulls. No, I I love pit bulls, but yeah. Yeah, no. Again, it's the first thing that popped in my head, and I'm a terrible person, so. Yeah, no, that's okay. I am, too, because I laughed at it. So what I'm hearing is... a dog that was or some maybe some kind of large mastiff out in the rain scared as hell the wind happened to blow the doors open and it ran inside and i don't know mauled two well, people i mean you know it, it was scared as fuck it didn't know what the fuck was going on how old is the mastiff breed oh god the Pretty mastiff old. breed is it's- like the first one of dog. the first dogs. Yeah, all other breeds like kind of descend from the mastiff. It's basically, you know, what we turned wolves into when we first started domesticating them. All right. Oh, okay, I'm looking at the American Kennel Club. The Colossal Mastiff belongs to a canine clan as ancient as civilization itself. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, okay. like fifteen to 30,000 years old. Okay, yeah. okay. So, all right, Mike, that's fair. But explain <laughs> this. Seven miles away in Holy Trinity Church in Blytheburg, shortly afterwards, what may have been the same dog burst into the service, killed two men and another young boy before again running back into the storm. That that may is doing a lot of heavy lifting because no person was in two places at the same time. Ingo Swan could have been. Well, That's yeah. true. But he wasn't. You know, if I asked listeners to take a shot every time they heard a stupid town name, our episodes involving Britain would be lethal weapons. Goddamn. That, that's yeah. really true. Now, 
I may be like you, Mike, and have written all this off as early forms of yellow journalism, but the fact that both accounts were written by witnesses in the churches after talking it over with everyone, whether they wanted to talk about it or not, says a lot. And I can't imagine any money was made by this. Oh, no. And even the author says, this sounds completely insane, and I would not blame anyone for not believing it. And I mean, coincidences old, happen all the time. Sure, but old Shuck still haunts East Anglia. He's a violent, vicious spirit. He's seen so often on a local lane that it's actually called Black Shuck Road. And let me tell you, they don't go there at night. I would. Of course you would. <laughs> so the collective reluctance of a community not wanting to talk about something is always like super off-putting. Like, not even just supernatural stuff either, but there are instances of, like, towns where people just don't talk about some of the fucked up shit that went on years ago. And I've lived in a couple of these towns, and the vibe is, like, super icky. So for them to come together and talk about this is pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, like, out in Pulaski, there's some stuff they still don't talk about involving the sheriff and my family, and that's all I'm saying. Mm. So, yeah. But, uh... Now, that is... I've known about that attack for a long time, because I thought it was really interesting. Okay, Mike, so are you Um, convinced yet? Oh, sure, yeah, of course. (laughs) Spirit black dogs coming and killing people for no reason. Makes sense to me. Dude, that's a Thursday. I'm I'm holding my thumb up like... Otay. Otay. Yes. Hey, that's racist. (laughs) it's, It's... We're referencing Eddie Murphy. Oh, true. Okay. Now... Here's one from davidcastleton.net about Church Grimm, and I have gone ahead and posted this as a quote because I'm going to let him tell the story about Church Grimm. Legends from Britain and Scandinavia state that certain churchyards are haunted by a Church Grimm, a spirit that usually appears as a large black dog. Rather than being a malevolent entity, the Grimm protects the churchyard from all who would desecrate it including vandals, witches, warlocks, thieves, and even the devil. Now, what about shooting Ramon's videos? Nobody is going to attack Joey Ramon. Look at him. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not attacking Joey Ramon. Hell, I always felt like if I had met Joey Ramon, he needed a hug. Aww. So, a, tr- a tradition, apparently, once maintained that the first spirit of the first person to be buried in a churchyard would be tasked with guarding it. In Scotland, the last person buried in a cemetery would have to be its guardian until a new interment took place. To save the spirits of the departed from these onerous duties, a large black dog would be buried either in the churchyard or in the foundations of the church itself, especially under its cornerstone. Some say the black dog's ghost tolls the church bell at midnight on the eve of the death of a local resident. During the funeral service, the clergyman might spot the grin staring out from the church tower, and from the dog's behavior, be able to tell if the deceased will go to heaven or hell. The church grim is also associated with stormy weather. Though normally manifesting as a black dog, the grim has been known to take the form of a horse or pig. So, I I do have a couple things here. First of all, hashtag dogs with jobs, anybody? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a real shitty deal for the dog. 
It really is. Mm-hmm. Or some poor schmuck that just got buried. Yeah. Either right. way. Oh, what see, what if he's like people. really irresponsible? What's that? Which one? <laughs> I, I heard you, Mike. David, what'd you say? Oh, I, I I don't care about people. I just care about the dog. Oh, yeah. No. Fuck people? Yeah. Fuck people. I'm going to remember that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm hoping you're fucking people, not dogs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. That's Fair. disgusting. Let's move on. Um, but, you know, also, like, when you talk about, like, the form of horse or pig, um, the transmutation of animals is pretty common in witch lore, especially if we're dealing with writings from the trials. So I'm not saying that there's, like, this is, like, a one-to-one relation. I do think there's this interesting idea between the guardian spirit taking on different forms, just as the devil, like, takes on the form of goats, uh, goats crows, dogs, and cats for those accused of witchcraft. Something about the transformational impermanence in the spiritual realm when it comes to animals. Right. Um, specifically, though, I had, to, I had to pull a book off of my shelf when I was going through the outline, um... One case I'm thinking of was in the uh, 1566 trial of Elizabeth Francis. Um, she is alleged to have sought metamorphosis powers, one of which was transfiguration into a black dog. But such transfiguration is also kind of independent from the type of black dogs we're talking about. Um, and then referring to Zimolinsky's essay, which I referred to earlier, um, he, he, he points out that these examples have a thematic association with the thing while not quite being of the thing, which I just, I find very interesting. Okay. So yeah, I just, I wanted to throw that in there because uh, I did see sure. some connection there with that transmutation of animals, which again, like there's, you know, we could also be getting into werewolves here a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Mike, have you ever seen a dog turn into a horse? Never. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, dogs stay dogs, horses stay horses. Well, what if a dog, like a phantom black dog, turned into that horse lamp you wanted? Like, it's a big black <laughs> horse, but it has a lamp sticking out of its head. I mean, could I plug its ass into the wall and make it light up? <laughs> sure, it's a ghost. You can do whatever you want. Sure, okay, whatever. I don't care if it started out as a black dog. Yeah, okay. I got a cool-ass lamp. I gotta feed it. <laughs> It's a phantom dog. I don't have to feed shit. That's true. It's a ghost dog. What is it going to do? Die again? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh <that's> a- <laughs> sorry about that. I was just, I just, the visual of the dog turning into this very upset lamp. <laughs> <laughs> this afterlife fucking sucks, Ruff Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 are, do the phantom dogs start out as just normal dogs? They don't go to heaven like all I, other dogs. I don't think they were ever living. Do- well, except for the ones in the churches, I don't think they were living dogs. Well, if all dogs are good boys, can you have bad boys? I don't know. I'm curious what we rate dogs would say about a phantom black dog. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. This is the good. first that's one good. we're going like under. This is the first one we're doing under ten. <laughs> <laughs> like six feet under. Anyway, yes. um, so I, I do have a couple of short encounters worth mentioning. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to again, this is quoting from Zimmerlinsky, but he's quoting the writer Theo Brown from a 1958 now, article titled The Dark, uh, The Black Dog. Can I interrupt you real quick? Is this Theo Brown or Theo Beer? Because I saw a lot of reference to a Theo Beer that did uh, research on black dogs. For me, this is Theo Brown. Okay, interesting. A lot of Theos with black dogs. Yeah, something about Theos and black dogs. I don't they're know. all theories. Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah. that's theologically awful. 
So, um, again, quoting Zimmerlinsky, who is in turn quoting Theo Brown, quote, domesticated animals sense the creature's presence. Brown notes that horses and dogs are terrified when they see a black dog. In Willowton, Lincolnshire, a man was uh, a, a little dog was terrified by a ghost dog, which to the human being present was not seen but felt. A case from France describes a series of black dog visitations in a house culminating in two police dogs being set at it when it was invisible to humans. One dog was cowed, the other died from the encounter. Are you telling me a dog died of a heart attack because it saw a ghost dog? That's what the that's what the quote seems to be saying, or at least implying. Um, curious though that in both these cases the dog was not seen, but it was felt or like its presence was made aware. Like there was a menace in the room, and these dogs just fucking, they had a shit fit. Yeah, well, when we talked about that last week, when we talked about, you know, uh, like the way animals react to things, right? Sure, you know, Just yeah. be making you uneasy. But I'm curious, like, if you can't see the ghost dog, how do you know the ghost dog is there? Uh, I don't, how did they know it was a ghost dog? Right. It, it could just be someone smells real bad. What if it was a ghost giraffe? <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So another could have been a, a class four non corporeal entity. Ooh, we're pulling out <laughs> Tobin's spirit guide here. Nice. Somebody called Dan Aykroyd. So here's another one, a little more recent than the 1500s. In April 1972, at Great Yarmouth, everybody get your friggin' shot glasses ready. We're back mm, in the UK. Yarmouth. At Great Yarmouth, a member of the. Live. <laughs> a member of the British Coast Guard spotted a giant black dog running up and down the beach. He said the dog's actions seemed odd since it would stop and stare off at the horizon before running to another location and doing the same thing. He said it was like it was looking or waiting for something. He found it strange enough to report it to his superiors, and the next day a freak storm hit and caused massive damage to the whole area. You know, cue that scene in The Simpsons where the hurricane shows up and Homer is like, somehow the animals are always the first to know. This is when the cat flies by the window, right? I think it was Santa's little helper. Yes, the dog yep. flew by the window in the hurricane. <laughs> yes. I And as neat as that sounds, and mm-hmm. I've heard it mentioned on other podcasts, it really does sound like a stupid dog. It sounded like he had the zoomies. Yeah, and dude just like... Well, it's weird. Storm hit. Shit, the dog. The dog knew. <laughs> the dog, the knew, dog knew. I was like, he's got to bring sticks. <laughs> now, uh, America is no stranger to these. We do it the I, best. Yeah. Well, no. But I found these in, in Unexplained. <laughs> uh, have we turned that into an option for the Supernatural Selection Soundboard yet? No, but I really want a supernatural selection soundboard. You also have to have the laser bank, you know. Oh, yeah. Pew, yeah. pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and a record scratch. And that cat sound. Oh, Which one Whose is that cat one? Is? That's, that's Ginger. Mike's She's in my lap. Mike's cat bothering right now. She really wanted it in my lap. So. Yeah. Yeah, right. she she loves Mike. And Mike's she's currently causing me a lot of pain. Yeah, is she gripping her leg? <laughs> yes. She does that. Phantom... <laughs> Tabby cat. Are you being so, she's so loud? She is. I think it's because I'm talking. I'm not normally talking when yeah. she's in my lap. Yeah, Ginger. don't you usually just sit in silence underneath a, a blanket between episodes anyway? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Yeah, he's like Barrett. 
<laughs> so this one is from Pennsylvania in the 1950s. I do not have a specific date, but one night when I was a boy walking with friends along Seven Stars Road, which immediately I'm like, that is an awesome road name. Mm-hmm. A big black dog appeared from nowhere and came between me and one of my pals. Isn't that a JoJo? Seven Stars Road? Sounds like a secret world in Super Mario World. Well, this this has been in the book since the 90s, so I don't know. Anyway, big black dog appeared from nowhere and came between me and one of my pals. And I went to pet the dog, but it disappeared from right under me. Just like the snap of a finger, it disappeared. And I'm like, that's ballsy. It's like me trying to pet my cat when I get home. Look, <laughs> look, I did a carry out for a customer and I was putting it the box in the car and there was surprise dog head out of nowhere. And <laughs> my first instinct was to pet the dog. No, no. The dog's no, you, first instinct. Hmm? When you say surprise dog head, the dog head was attached to a dog, correct? I, uh, I assume so. <laughs> I only have recollection of the head. But dog, I, I went to touch the dog head because I was like, hey, it's a dog. And the next thing I know, my hand was in said dog's mouth, dog head's mouth. Yes. And I was like thinking, wow, that was really dumb. I'm glad this dog just didn't decide to like just chew really hard. Yeah. It was just yeah. more of a, oh, and it held my hand in its mouth. But it could have gone just way worse. Oh, yeah. throated your wrist. And, and, the, and, the, and the fucking customer was like, huh. Oh, yeah, he's back there. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> that could have been very bad. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I should have said, hey, can I pet your dog? Yeah. But. Well, this this is like that story, one of my favorite dogs. I was jokes, so surprised. Which is a guy comes out of a store, sees a kid sitting on the sidewalk with the dog next to him. And the guy's like, hey, can I pet your dog? Does he bite? And he's like, he doesn't bite. Can I pet him? Sure. Goes up at the dog. Dog bites the shit out of the guy's hand. It's like, kid, you said your dog doesn't bite. And he said, yeah, I know, but that's not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, it better be his dog. It was in his car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. I have a question. I don't know who that sure. fucking dog is. What's your it's question? Just... Could, could this dog drive? Um, Maybe. It was in the front seat because I was putting it in the back seat. David. <laughs> David, not every dog in a car is going to drive it. I'm sorry about your dream. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that dream still has me rattled. I, I swear is, to God, I, I was so mad. I was so upset. It's, I just I keep thinking of Toomses. <laughs> Shoob is the driving dog. Well, and, and here's the thing. Like, when I say I was upset, it was like two hours until I talked to my stepfather. Like, after waking wow. up. I didn't talk to him for like two hours. Wow, dude. Let the dog drive. Goddamn, motherfucker. What's wrong with you? He's doing it, too. Now, this is before you tried to transfer your soul into a Chucky doll, right? No, this was way after. Okay. Just checking. That explains several things. Doesn't it? So, here's one, David, that you're you're going... Sorry, Mike, what? I was going to say, you're... You're damaged goods, bub. Oh, God, yes. Yes, I am. Ask <laughs> your spare parts, bud. Spare parts. There we go. That's yeah. what I was looking for. So, David, here's one that you're going to love. It's from Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Woo! From 1903. Ooh! Yeah, Hopkinsville's been weird a long goddamn time. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, John Wangham was on his way home to Nevada, Kentucky, on his horse, when he heard a dog howling behind him. And when he looked back, he saw a dog the size of a cow charging at him 
With glowing Boo. red eyes, Mao! He lashed his horse and rode as fast as he could. When he looked back, not only was the dog still there, it was keeping pace. As soon as he crossed the border of his hometown, from one step to the next, the dog simply vanished. It just stopped being there. Apparently, this happened in the area for a number of weeks. <laughs> so, I just need to see a couple of goblins riding the back of a cow-sized dog, and then I can die happy. Like, like, warg riders. <laughs> I would so, really just love to see two goblins riding a cow. <laughs> that would be fun, yeah. too. You know, I, I was once... Uh, my dad was a mechanic. Right. And he was uh, fixing up someone someone he knew's go-kart. And, you know, he's like, since we had a go-kart and he was fixed, he's like, hey, kids, go go ahead and drive it around a little bit. Just, you know, don't go crazy. So I was driving the go-kart around the, around the uh, neighborhood. And some dogs started chasing me. And those dogs, those normal ass dogs, were keeping up with this go kart. Mm-hmm. So if they can keep up with a go kart. I'm pretty sure they can keep up with a horse for short amounts of time. Sure, but it vanished. It, well, yeah, these dogs didn't vanish. No, these dogs, this go kart, some for some reason stalled. I don't remember if it ran out of gas or what. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they, they caught me, and they were like, "That was fun. What are we gonna do now?" Because, you know, they, they, they weren't really trying to attack me. They just caught up with me. And they're like, that they was great. Things. Yeah, yeah, they chase things. Dogs you, chase things. You were a rabbit. Yeah. But, you know, once they got me, they weren't hungry. So they're like, huh. I was scared of shit, of course. But I was, I, for some reason, I was really expecting you to be chased by a phantom black go-kart in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, feel this is Mario Kart. Yeah. But but I'm just saying that. And, you know, so you're riding a horse. You're obviously the dog's beside you, right? Mm-hmm. Riding the horse. And Wait, the you're dog's not riding the horse. <laughs> yes, the dog's riding the horse, just like that Black Panther. We but you know, about. you're riding a horse. You're not going to be staring at the dog the whole time. You're like riding the horse. You're like looking up, making sure you're not going to, you know, run into shit because horses are dumb and they're known to run into things. So you're like looking at the dog, looking up back where you're going, looking at the dog, and then you look back and the dog's gone. Well, you know, the dog lost interest and it just ran off, or you know, maybe got tired. Sure. I just think it was a normal-ass dog. Sure, and that's possible for a lot of these. Okay. Well, I, I have another story here. Um, so this one was from that article. You know, I'm, uh, I really only had time to dig up, like, one article. But, like, again, I found a whole bunch. So we're going to do this topic again at some point. So yes. um, With all new material. Mm-hmm, exactly. So uh, this fits in with the idea of the black dog as the harbinger of doom. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So, quote, in the 1943 winter issue of the Hosier Folklore Bulletin, Robert... Hey there, you hoser. Hmm? Hey there, you hoser. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Robert G. McGuire, a local journalist, recounts a curious story of a man named Johnny, who at the time of the telling of this tale was older. While a young lad in Detroit, and this is uh, U.S. Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, yes. Johnny accompanied his mother across the Irish section of the city, dubbed Corktown, to visit her oh. friend Mary. Johnny okay. recounts, quote, We'd not gone far before mother said, Something's wrong, Johnny, and a few steps after that we saw a black dog running in front of us. He was a great big son of a gun and all, and, uh, all black as tar. First, he'd run before us, then run behind us, but he never left us alone for a minute. We're turning back, says Mother. 
For when my father died, a black dog ran along the roof and howled the whole night. The next day, someone murdered Mary. Witnesses cited a black dog at the scene. Now, that's interesting. That is a whole other prospect we do need to tackle when Mm -hmm. we do this again. The concept of the black dog uh, in family lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that is a thing. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't find any references in any of the shitty books. (laughs) You need to buy better books then. I do. but, (laughs) But this was the person's mother but then this other woman that's not related they, they were visiting died. a family friend yeah so there was not the family line there okay fair well, damn well i misunderstood well no that. if, the, if the dog is attached to the family like even that could probably like you know the dog's going hey your friend's gonna die or something like that i, I guess that could be explained that way because it's still just, the person in the family who is but, seeing but then the why wouldn't the dog wants you to see your family your friend that's gonna die I don't know maybe the dog Unless is trying she was, to I, I well, don't know yes. quit asking me questions <laughs> and saying the dog's kind of a dick because that was her last chance to see her friend Yeah, and the dog kept her from it and it wasn't like she was murdered at the time she was murdered the next day trickster so it was trickster her last shit. chance to trickster see trickster shit yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, I just, I don't know. I just picture a black dog popping up, walking up behind you and going, Psst, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm just saying that there was a lot of dogs around back then, and they probably were all black. Because of the coal so, and the soot. Yeah, it's, they're dirty dogs. They, were, they, weren't, they weren't washed very often. So, <laughs> obviously, a lot of these can be attributed to people seeing dogs just you know dogs 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 you like dogs some of them might be other animals misidentified as dog like say i mind you i don't know how you could misidentify a cow as a dog it was dark maybe I don't yeah know. but ca- i've really. seen a cow run all right yeah i know but the sheer number of these sightings begs the question is everyone making mistakes well, is it a spirit being guarding liminal spaces? Is it some kind of archetypal spirit that's been with us since the days we first allied with wolves? Is it a psychological thing shared by humanity, just an archetype in our collective unconscious? What do you guys think? So, here's the thing it's kind of confirmation bias. Because if you see a dog and you're like, oh, that's just a dog, you're not going to say anything to your neighbors about it. Right. But if you see something like, oh, it's one of them phantom black dogs, you're going to tell everybody you fucking know about it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, numbers game. Everyone that just like figures, oh, there's just a regular old ass dog, go about their day and never really think twice about it. Yeah, and there's also, like, when tragedy happens, you tend to remember weird things, and you look for patterns surrounding the event. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the the presence of the black dog at, like, some sort of, uh, like, and then a day later someone dies, like, you're going to remember that black dog, it's going to stick out to you. 
Yeah, and we are a storytelling species, yeah. and we look for the narrative in our lives. And and if you have a tradition, like you know, your parents told, and your grandparents told you about phantom black dogs. Well, as soon as you see one, it seems a little out of place. Well, there you oh, go. I saw my own black dog. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a, a self fulfilling prophecy. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I do agree, but. Yeah, so, like, I I do think we have another episode's worth of material on this, because we didn't even really get a chance to talk about the black dog of Newgate Prison. You know, for example. Yeah, I saw that. But who would send a dog to prison? Uh, He was a bad boy. Texans. Bad boy. Texans. (laughs) Um, Texans would send it to prison. You know, that does sound like something they would do in Texas. Um, So I I have some more encounter stories that I found as well. Uh, So if we can stretch it to three episodes, I think we can call it our dog pack or dog run. Oh, my God, that's perfect. <laughs> um, but, you know, all puns aside, um, I, I find the black dogs to be really interesting because they're still used for intense symbolism today. Like, um, you know, think about like Sirius Black and Harry Potter or the Gamork in the Neverending Story. Um, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, there's just something deep seated in our cultural memory about the black dogs that still, that still seems to be, be uh, you know, influencing us today. Um, I, I think it I think. Just black animals in general. Like, look at black cats or, you know, mm-hmm. black black roosters. Any any animal, ravens, crows, any animal that is predominantly dark-colored really ha- really sets us off. Yeah, and there, uh, That's when true. I was going through the uh, database, I, I did see a picture that was talking about, like, black dogs and their relation to, like, black, catch, uh, black cats and lore. Which, right. which makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I also do want to throw out the thought that there are correlations between black dog sightings and claims of lycanthropy, um, Just, which we'll, okay. we'll probably need to mention when we tackle werewolves. And by which, you know, I mean, I tackle werewolves because I, I fucking love werewolves. So, yeah, we're, that's going to be another collab one because I so, have got some information so, about that. So so you were team whatever the other one is. I can't remember. Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. Team Jacob. You know, the funny thing is you say that and I think of one of our coworkers and I'm like, why would you side with him? Well, well Kevin, he's a skinwalker, which is That's, pretty close to a werewolf. Uh, kind of, he's basically, his knee's been backwards. I, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Probably. We, we, we tell him all this we stuff. T- he knows. Oh. We t- this isn't us talking about him behind his back. Oh, We're okay. just airing what no, he's, we he's, to you know he's you're a gross freak. Yeah, I know. If, if he... If he if he listens to this, he's a super great guy. Like yeah, we, no, we told him to his face he was a skinwalker. I was like, oh yeah. No, I bought him a skinwalker ranch patch one year for Christmas. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, Oh, this is great, man. No, you know, we all have those like little mean jokes about people we know. Sure, but, but, but they're he's, said with love. He's in on the joke. Yeah. It's the best part. He's in on the joke. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yes, no, I really I'm glad you found so much more material we can go into on this. <clears throat> and uh I am looking forward to tackling uh werewolf skinwalkers and dogmen. Because mm-hmm. we're gonna handle all that mm-hmm. at some point in the future. And of course, you know, the phenomenon being what it is, we'll come back to werewolves in other uh stories as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, overall, this has been chaos. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have as much as I thought I would, and you kind of saved my bacon here, David. Thank oh, you. Not a problem. You know, we didn't even get into the idea of, like, the werewolves really being, like, or not werewolves, I'm sorry. I got werewolves on the brain, but uh, the black dogs being, like, an extension of the fae. Oh, yeah. No, we could get into that. Yeah. 
And we will eventually. But yeah. uh, so we have questions. Mm-hmm. Well, we got answers. Do we? Do we really? Well, we, okay. we tend to pretend we do, and that feels good. There minutes. we go. That's <laughs> yeah. All right. So first question is from Kick Acetron. Yeah. He asks. If a family of Bigfoots moved in next door, what welcome to the neighborhood casserole would you bring them? Is is Bigfoots correct English or would it, it be Big Feet? It's Bigfoots. Bigfootses? Bigfootses. <clears throat> but if a family of them moved in next door, what would you bring as a casserole? Um, The only casserole I make. Oh, the cheese? The baked corn. Oh, the corn. Oh, God, dude. Mike only- makes this fantastic. Uh, corn casserole with like cheese. You say fantastic, but it's the most white trash it really, shit ever. I don't give a shit, man. I mean, I mean, it has it. It uses like a, a third of a pound of Velveeta. So. Oh shit! Yeah, it's no. one of those. Yes. Yeah, no, it is great though, man, dude. I had I brought made some myself one year and took it to college. Now the fact and, that you're talking about this thing and I'm, I'm getting hungry means this is why yeah. I have health problems. Oh, oh yeah. that's, no, yes. that is why we're going to die. <laughs> but, like, I took some of this to college for, like, Thanksgiving, and I come in there, and they're, like, scraping the crust out of the container. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, don't damage my bowl-eating leavens. <laughs> so... You make corn your corn casserole, David. What do you bring? Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, a page from my wife's cookbook, and I'm gonna go with a green bean casserole with uh, shallots, okay. mushrooms, and oh, it's it's delicious. It's the best part it of Thanksgiving. Sound pretty good. Okay. She just went aw in the background. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. So, I would bring this shitty casserole that I know how to make. Where you take a <laughs> no, no. Why would you chili. bring them a shitty casserole? You're trying to be in great. You're trying to be gracious, man. Because it's the best I can do. Oh shit! Okay, carry yeah. on. Yeah, you you take a can of a uh, uh, Hormel chili. And you dump it in the in in the casserole. Well, we got a red flag some, right there already. <laughs> yeah, you put yeah. some onions in there, and then you take a can of Hormel tamales and you unwrap them and you put those down. And then you put another layer of chili and some more onions. And then you put another can of tamales on top with onions. And then you cover that shit with shredded cheese. It sounds good. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. And then you bake it for like however long at like 350, 400, whatever. And uh, bam. White trash casserole supreme. It sounds terrible but delicious. I know. It's... It's even worse than Mike's. It's like yeah, a Frito so. pie, but like even more well, white. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, a casserole is not healthy in any way, no, shape, no, or form. No, it's but it's usually full of full of fat. No matter how many vegetables you put in there, it's full of fat <laughs> and other things. I'm getting hungry. Probably a lot of like. <laughs> You know, carbs. I am dying of hunger. This is the second episode in a row where one of us has gotten really hungry talking about something from a reader question. Here's the the thing. You know what else I would do with that casserole? Give give them the uh, give them the business card for the local roto rooter. Ah, yes, they'll need that. (laughs) They're gonna need it. If they eat all of our casseroles, yes, they definitely clog their toilets. Here's the thing. Mine. Would loosen it up. Yours, they would never shit again. Yeah, all the Velveeta. <laughs> yeah, and no, the, the cornbread. Yeah, no. God, can fucking... you imagine being the Roto-Rooter guy and having to clear a Bigfoot <laughs> shit out of a sucking <laughs> God, 
He's like, he's like, I'm sending my kids to college. Well, let me tell you, I live next door to a house with 12 people living in it for a oh, while. And let me tell you, uh, the the public access for the sewer was in my yard, and we got a lot of calls. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Wow. So, <laughs> thank you for the question, Gigasatron. That was a good one. So, Sam asks about the, uh, the, the phantom black dogs. Where they want scratches. I thought they were asking us where we wanted scratches. <laughs> no, no, it's about the dogs. Well, why where do they we want scratches? Uh, okay, first off, Keep it safe the work. dogs, the dogs, I really think they would like a good head scratch. You know, I that mean, thing where the ears droop and they're just like, oh, God, yeah. I mean, that that's like all dogs, right? Yeah, I know, but I think they would prefer that. Mm. Yeah, somewhere like uh, the nape of the neck kind of going up, you know, and yeah. up and towards like between their ears. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, you going for belly rubs? I was gonna say, you know, the the, the belly scratch where their like leg starts kicking. Oh man! Oh, but then, then they the kick you and they launch you like sixty feet. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's like a fucking Dragon Ball move. <laughs> you just crash through a fucking mountain. <laughs> All right, so uh, now the answer to the real question: Where do you gentlemen want to be scratched? Uh, my back, <laughs> my neck. My, never mind. Uh, <laughs> no, just, just the air's been really dry lately, and my <laughs> back's been really itchy. Aww. I can't scratch it myself. I'm going to be honest, like, uh, in my hair on the back of my neck. Mm. Yeah, I... Like, I almost get the wiggly foot. That's that. the best part of getting your hair cut. It's like when they take the, the, the electric razor and they get the hair on your neck, where your neck and your shoulders kind of meet, and they, they, uh, they, they shave that part, like it's scratchy and it feels wonderful. You and I have very different opinions on haircuts. Like you've never had like the barber who like you know they, when they shave the back uh, the back of your head and they go down to like where the neck because I, I get hair on my neck I'm I'm a hirsute man I do okay I get some but like you gotta understand my barbers for the most part for most of my life were very large white men that could probably shave a cow by putting them in a headlock. Well, well yeah, here's the thing. Like, I, I used to go, uh, when I was a kid, we had a, a barbershop here called the Sportsman Barber, and they were, they were like old dudes, but like what they'd do is they'd like shave the back of your neck, and it was great. It was like, yeah. it felt good, man. This. I've never been a fan of haircuts in general, which is why my hair is like well past my shoulders Yeah, you look like you're writing a, a manifesto. Tail. I really, really do. I kind of yeah, look I, like Darrell from the kids in the hall. I kind of agree with Kevin. I've haircuts are like once the once the haircut gets going, it's fine. But they're, like they're a the necessity. whole the whole like you know that's why I've been like cutting my own hair because the the prospect of having to tell someone what exactly I want and then them not quite understanding. Well, well, well these days I shave my head, so like it, that's oh, easy yeah. for me. Sure. So I but, win, but, but yeah. Huh. Well, you and me have very opposite approaches to dealing with haircuts <laughs> in that sense as well. You're one's, just like fuck all of it. Not one's like one's laissez faire, one's scorched earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And the thing is, every time I want to get a haircut, people at work are like, "No, no, keep your hair." Of course, they're all bald. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're living, a lot of they're well, through you. Yes. Yeah, they're living vicariously through my hair. So, several balding people who just shave their head. <laughs> yeah. So, last question from Vimperer Ghost Forge, which I'm so proud he adopted that name. Mm. That's just great. I love it's Vimperer. 
So, would you want a phantom black dog as a companion? Why or why not? Fuck yeah. Um, I mean... David, you said yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, put a little saddle on it, pretend I'm an orc. <laughs> yeah. That, that's my okay. answer. That's my answer. Just, okay. Just ride that black dog. Right. So you want it as a conveyance and, and a pet. Yeah. Like, tell me, okay. tell me you wouldn't love to have, like, a dog that was, like, big enough and had the temperament for, like, you to ride on his back. Like, if you need to you go to the this, store or something. You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. Battle Pug. Oh. The comic book, Battle Pug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a barbarian riding a giant pug into battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mike, how about you? You, you want I mean, a, you if, want it, one as a companion? if it's adhering to all, I don't know. I mean, it, it may mean I'm going to die. If it, you <laughs> just know, just every night it comes to your you. bedside and just tells you you're going to die. <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> oh, God, it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Good night, Wesley. I'll probably kill you in the morning. I mean, if a, if a you know, verifiable phantom black dog comes up and is like chilling, it's like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be your sidekick. I'm like, okay, I guess. I mean, I'm not gonna say no. Am I in a, I mean, am I in a maybe uh, maybe could like uh, fantasy book or something? What's going on here? Like, yeah, it's like you know, can 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 you like help me commit crimes or something? What anime is this? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with no, just because like the distrust thing they're talking about. I get that. Like, well, I don't think I could trust a. Do- I wouldn't be friends with any dog that would have me as a friend. No, <laughs> That's sad. I shush. It's a joke. <laughs> but the point is, I just don't know that I'd trust a phantom black dog. But, like, if it showed up and wouldn't leave me alone, yeah, okay, that'd be kind of cool. Now, now Kevin, it, it's, it's not because he's black, is it? Oh, oh, oh. Take thy beak from out my heart. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh I'm my sorry. god, no. It any So 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 you have a problem you have a problem with the phantom part or is it the dog part? It's the phantom part. So so you like dogs? I like eggs. And you you have no problem with the coloration? No, you know me. I love my Mr. Mr. Conti Black Cat that comes in. So so it's just the phantom part. Sure. So <laughs> so you you find it shifty and uh ethereal. You remember that episode of The Simpsons where Mel Gibson was making a movie and Homer said <laughs> the dog should be the villain? And it's like, how do you how do you get that across? Because I don't know, zoom in and have it like looking around all shifty eyed. That's what I just picture the dog doing, just Phantom looking Black around like, like all suspicious. You know, we got this, two this. Simpsons references. We didn't get a Futurama reference in. You know, that's well, that's because the only dog in Futurama worth mentioning is the best dog. Yeah. Oh, I'm sad. The the dog yeah. that won him an Emmy. Yep. Emmy dog. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our questions for the week. Um David, you got any uh, anything to close with? Um you know, if if you encounter a phantom black dog, you know, be be kind. Try to give them pets if they want it, but if they don't want a pet, just ignore or like just don't do it. You know, it's all about the dogs. Yeah. Attitude. Consent. Yes. Dog consent. Dog consent matters. Hashtag dog consent. Mike, you got anything you want to close with? Um, 
Mm, I guess I'm good. Are you a believer okay. now? No. <laughs> Damn. No. I'm going to be honest. After this episode, I'm not a believer anymore. So uh, I don't know that I really was to begin with, but Mike, you won me over with this one. This is all just people seeing dogs. So I mean, you know, there's there's probably mitigating circumstance. I'm not going to say that, you know, they're all just, you know. It's all cows. Yeah. But <laughs> just fucking I mean, cows. Cows all the way down. Dogs, dogs do some <laughs> fucked up things, man. Yeah, no, dogs do some shit. I, I cannot They're, tell you how many pit bulls and Doberman pinchers have chased me in my life. Dude, I like got chased by a dog once, like in a house. I was oh damn. Yeah, I was uh, I was visiting my mom, and the guy she was staying with had a uh, pit bull, and I like knock on, like walk up to their bedroom. It's dark, and I like knock on the kind of side of the door that's open. It's like. Hey mom, and I just hear, Grrr. and I seriously like just time warped. Like I don't remember the intervening running, <laughs> no clip. but I'm I'm in the kitchen <laughs> trying to climb up on the counter as this dog comes around the corner before the dude can like you know grab it by the collar. Jesus Christ! N- now, yeah. when you said you heard, I was gonna say you heard Fireball start playing. <laughs> No, it was just, I literally heard, and then I'm up on a kitchen counter. It turns out as a very small, pissed off man. Uh, well, anyway, look, that was our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, you can find links to everything on supernatpod.rocks. You can even find a link to our Mastodon account now. Uh, you can find a link to our Patreon, Patreon our Discord, all that fun stuff. Um. Yeah, that's about it, really. Um. Yeah, fun episode <laughs> for the most part. So we will see you next week with the weekend weird. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Maybe. What if? Hmm? What if it was a phantom black Snoop Dogg? <laughs> hey, for shizzle. Who's a good podcast? Who's a good podcast? Oh, who's a good podcast? Who's a good boy? <laughs>